dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Sackick fakes it, takes it, scores! Joe Sackick! Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I'm Steph House, and you're locked into Burgundy Radio. Thank you for your applause, but please hold it till the end, or we'll be here all day. If you're going, hang on, I didn't subscribe to any Burgundy Radio, that's fine and normal. We are formerly known as the Mile High Hockey Podcast. However, we've parted ways with MHH and SB Nation. We'll dive into the why and the genesis of our known poem, BurgundyRadio.com, a little later in the show. Plus, we have a load to talk about from an off-season mostly full of things not happening. But before we play the whoosh, let me introduce my fellow disembodied voices. Joining me from his new post as the managing editor here at Burgundy Rainbow is none other than Earl06. How's it going, Earl? Not bad. Howdy, folks. I'm also joined by Burgundy Rainbow co-founder C-Mill. Hello, C-Mill. Hey, how's it going? And finally, you know him as the man with the best username on BR. It's Vladimir Putin. How's it going? So I just want to clarify before we get going here, uh, Burgundy Radio as a show should not change very much. Uh, Earl and I will still be here to chat trash every Monday for the most part. Uh, Ryan's always welcome on any time, and you'll, you'll see a rotating panel of third, sometimes fourth voices from around the Burgundy Rainbow crew. Uh, no, I, I've not just been lazy. The intro theme hasn't changed on purpose because I really don't know which players to feature on it right now. Uh, the team's in so much flux. Uh, plus those scumbags at BSN already used both the clips I wanted, the jerks. Doing good work with solid choices in their podcast. How dare they? <laughs> they're <meant> quality. <laughs> there may come a time soon when you can even listen live to recordings if you're into such things and chat with us. So bigger and better. We'll get into the why, but first, before we go all inside baseball, August is over. Let's talk some hockey. Is it? Wow. Okay, okay. okay maybe it's not over yet. We're recording on the 31st. But uh, when, when you're listening, <laughs> it's probably September. You survived. Well done. Achievement unlocked. New ability acquired. The abs have been bizarrely active while you were gone, actually attracting some unsigned college UFAs while losing one of their own in Will Butcher. So let's start with Will. Are you guys broken up about this? Is this a big loss for the team? What's your reaction to Will Butcher walking in Schedule 6 free agency and eventually signing with the New Jersey Devils? I don't think it's a big deal for the abs overall. I think I think it was kind of silly the way he went about it, sort of, I don't know, I mean... I'm projecting here, but he kind of pranced around the league and and saw many suitors and ended up signing with New Jersey. So, you know, great for him, but I'm not shaken up about it at all. Yeah, Yeah, neither am I. I think, you know, uh, there would have been something nice to say about having a pioneer stay in town. And if you were to make it through and get called up to the main roster, great. That's awesome. Great to see the pioneers you know get another one into the nhl but for will butcher to use all available options to him even if it did get a little bit showy and cartoony you know good for him for taking a path that some people in his position may never do so kudos to him no love loss on my part best of luck to him in jersey 
Yeah, I'm not too broken up about it either. I mean, it's always good to have depth, but it's not like he's going to be a world beater anytime soon. So, Earl's been, been referring to his voice as the new Ryan, and there's a little bit of robot in there on my end, so that definitely holds up. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Perfect. Um, so obviously we've been hearing that, that Butcher ended up settling on New Jersey partially because of kind of the opportunity available to him there, and maybe he has a a better chance of actually playing on the NHL roster. Whereas maybe here in Colorado, that wasn't um, quite so likely to happen because um, as much as everyone likes to dump on the defense here, it, it's not actually that terrible. And there's kind of a lot of bodies in the way. Yeah. I just, I mean, even with, even in New Jersey, I just find it hard to believe that he's going to be able to break the roster. I mean, soon. Um, you know, we've seen some articles saying he's going to come in and, and really challenge for one of the spots on New Jersey's D right away. And it's just, I wonder, you know, if these people are just watching like very selected highlights or if they've never seen a full game with Will playing or not. I mean, he's a very smart player and he's he's a skilled player, but he's not very big and he doesn't skate very well. And you can't really do much about that at his age. Um, he's not going to get taller and getting better skating wise is it's a tough bet right now. I'm uh, like curious whether the, the people that expect him to have make a splash in the NHL immediately have ever seen him skate. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, we're, we dump on him a lot, but I mean, it's really not that great. You really have a minimum level that you need to be at to not get turnstiled in transition and, and to be able to recover, um, you know, just when things go crazy in the defensive zone. And I, you know, I, I just haven't seen that from him at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for him in a way. He's gotten so much hype over the past couple of months that I don't think he's ever going to live up to what the media has broken him out to be. Yeah, I mean, you see that with a lot of, you know, a, a lot of these college UFAs that uh, just seem to be sought after in, in August 16th territory that they're going to come in and, and really make a, a big difference on a team. And the fact of the matter is if people make it that long without being signed, they, they've got some warts. DeKaiser comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> and he's actually a good one. <laughs> <laughs> We know that Colorado have been in on some of those guys the last few years. Like Jimmy Mays Hayes comes to mind. Um, but this year, um, despite losing Butcher, Colorado actually added. Um, they sought to improve their forward depth with NCAA forwards. Um, definitely a position of need. They badly needed forward depth. Um, the first they got was Dominic Toninato, which I'm probably not pronouncing correctly, but I'm also probably not caring that much because I've never said that out loud before. An American-born center, 23 years old, drafted in the fifth round of 2012 by the Toronto Maple Leafs, and ultimately the team just didn't have room for him. You know who does? The Avalanche does. Uh, Tononato, a.k.a. Tomato, a.k.a. Tornado, <coughs> a.k.a. probably other things, had 29 points in 42 games his senior year with Minnesota Duluth. Cup so ours, right? Who watches NCAA? I literally can't. I, I mean, I know I watched the uh, one of his games against DU, but I didn't notice him. Um, I guess he won their Selkie Award in the NCAA. 
So that, that sort of goes along with some of the other signings that we've seen from the Avs over the past couple of years, getting um, Sean St. Amant and Felix Girard from the Q. They've both won the, the Carbono Trophy, which is the Selkie for the, the QMJHL. So these sort of um, high quality defensive forwards seems to be, yeah, it seems to be getting to be a pattern with the Avs. Um, and, and he's a lot more developed than St. Amant, who came out at age 19 last year. So, you know, he'll slot in there. I, I think out of the two guys we're going to talk about, that he's probably got the best shot of coming up early or maybe even making the team out of camp. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to have depth. We're kind of lacking there at center right now. Um, not a whole lot of center guys down in San Antonio and getting some guys for for San Antonio so they can be better is going to be a big win. It's going to be solid in, in KC if the injury bug gets us again, if Matt goes down, if Matt Duchesne is still somehow on this team into the season and he goes down, we can't trust uh, Carl Soderberg to dig himself out of the mystery spot he's found himself in. <laughs> this might be his opportunity to shine. We'll see what he's got. Well, that's a, that's a, that Soderberg discussion is a long discussion for another time. We'll get there. <laughs> not Maybe not today, but we'll get there. It's pretty relevant just because, I mean, the, the spot that, that Toninato is, is probably looking at going out of camp is, is the fourth line center role, which is something that, you know, what he's rumored to be, the defensive center – um, might look good on that fourth line. So you just kind of wonder how the line, how the Avs are going to craft a lineup and, and if they're going to use a defensive center like that. And, and if if so, maybe maybe he's in the conversation. He or is be. he better served getting more minutes in the AHL? Yeah. That's going to depend on what you're expecting from the guy. What we've been hearing to expect from, from him is like this very uh, you know, defensively sound game. Um, maybe not someone who's going to chip in a whole bunch of points on the other end of the ice, but someone who's going to tilt the ice in your favor at the end of the day as the dog walks in and messes up my headphone cable. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, but, I mean, this this may be someone who can get NHL time a little bit sooner because you're not expecting him to develop, like, a high-level offensive game and there may he you can only develop defensively so much against ahl competition for an nhl future yeah and it's not like he's you know i'm, I'm not going to tool on rocco here but it's not like he's rocco going to be fairly useless in a fourth line role um if you want to move guys up the lineup and, and have a hole there somewhere then he might be an easy call up for that because he can slot in on the fourth line and you know, he can kill some penalties. He can be defensively solid and, and not hurt you on the ice. And he, you know, he might not add much, but, you know, do no harm. Should we move on to the other guy? I'd love to. So the Avalanche also signed New Jersey's 2012 fifth round pick. <clears throat> the pattern there. I don't know if anyone else has picked that up yet. Um, he's a 23-year-old center from Vancouver, Alex Kerfoot. Kerfoot? There's a way to say that. Alex Kablam. Uh, last year with Havid, he scored 45 points in 36 games. And with him coming from the Devils organization, you can almost see this as a trade for Will Butcher, right? Eh? Pretty much. 
Uh, I I've never seen him play. Um, it just sounds like you know what what he kind of turned into his senior season as opposed to what he was in, in maybe the the two years prior was you know he's always been sort of a good scorer um but he he kind of developed a, a little better two-way game such that he might be able to you know sort of come into the nhl and not be a total liability in the defensive zone um but he he's a guy i'm, I'm gonna take a wait and see attitude on because you know it, it'll be interesting to see who they put him with in, in training camp and, and sort of what roles they put him in in, in preseason games if he gets any. Um, you know, if he can if he can show a little skill and maybe a little scoring at the NHL level, you know, he, he could be maybe a little bit more valuable than Toninata. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. He's over a point, just over a point per game for his sophomore and junior year, and then little bit higher than that his senior year so it looks like he's got some some offensive power that we hope to see at least in the ahl level and if we're lucky in the nhl level yeah it's it's tough to separate sort of the hype on on these guys that come out of college and and go free agent um you know it's, it's tough to separate sort of that that hype from what they really are and you know i think we'll find that out in a couple of weeks Yeah, I'm in agreement with everybody else. I think that with uh, Kerfoot, we really don't know what we have here. He's kind of almost an unknown at this point. So why not just see how he develops and let's see where his development track takes us, you know? And I'm yeah, I mean, I'm happy with, you know, the quote-unquote trade for Butcher because if I'm honest, I think Kerfoot has a better chance of making a bigger impact on, on this Avs team than Butcher did. I think I agree with that. Some of that is because of just the roster ahead of both players. Um, despite the Avalanche only have three defensemen signed beam, which needs to die in a fire. Um, <laughs> there, there's just too many too many guys. I, I had a butcher on the depth chart. He would have to make leaps and bounds. Um, whereas a, a guy like Kerfoot, I mean, you've just got to beat out like Joe Colborn and you're at least in the press box. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I listened to his interview with Altitude the other day, and, and they asked him, you know, would you be willing to, to play wing? And, you know, just sort of like everyone in his situation, he's sort of like, well, I'm I'm really a center, but I, I you know, I, I'd do anything for the team kind of thing. So, I mean, that's one thing I really want to see, whether, whether he's, you know, slotted in at center during training camp or whether he ends up on the wing. Um I mean, the one really impressive thing about both these guys together is the fact that they sign with the Avs. I mean, that never happens. I mean, this we've been in on these guys for years. And Sackick finally sealed the deal on two of them at once. So um, as much as I like to rag on, on how the, the organization builds itself, um, you know, it's very nice to see that they scored a couple of guys that, that can help the depth that everyone always complains about. The, the forward depth has just been disastrous. So seeing them pick up two guys who are specifically forward depth, I'm on board with that. I don't yeah, even I mean, have it, to know anything about them. Cool. Good deal. 
they they don't they aren't coke machines, so I'm on board. Yeah, and it, they just sort of they fit in the holes made by terrible drafts back in 2012, 2014 <gasps> area, you know. <gasps> um, so it's it's. It's sort of fixing a problem they created for themselves back then, and it wasn't this administration really, at least in 2012. But you know that there, there's been sort of a hole in that range of ages that you know is is the reason there's no depth. There's a, there's a, this is actually a true story. Um, if you if you screenshot the 2012 Avalanche draft and <laughs> and and you read it out loud three times, Greg Sherman will appear and punch you in the face. <laughs> or you disappear into a black hole. <laughs> it's the spot with Carl Soderberg. <laughs> well, this just goes back to uh, what Sackick had been saying, you know, at the end of the season that he wanted to get younger, he wanted to get faster, and he's done that with these two NCAA signings, and he is expecting them to at least show some pedigree in. Being being signed, even if they don't make the, the roster right away. When and come on, let's let's be honest here. That's probably a long shot at best right now on this date. So if they can come in and you know really just uh, turn some heads, one that's going to help them out, and two, it's going to make the fans feel like okay, Sagik's not just sitting around and just spouting off. Well, we like our guys younger, faster, on and on and on. He's actually putting his you know money where his mouth is. If you want to use a cliche yeah that's I, that's something i'm interested in and you know you can even add Yakupov to this is you know joe talks up these guys very highly you know sort of what what do you what do you see is the the organization's real uh projections of these guys i mean it, it, it's an interesting thing to speculate on just because you know on paper they really shouldn't be in the opening night lineup but you know maybe they're close um, but you just have to wonder, you know, sort of what the, you know, sort of the talent evaluation has been a, a, a real questionable area for a long time. And, and now it's, it looks like maybe they've, they've gotten a couple of guys that are turning that around. So, you know, maybe they're really high on these guys. I keep forgetting about Yak. Yeah. He's like the Ottawa Senators of the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> oh yeah that was an idea someone had at one point we did that we signed who yeah I keep forgetting about him too i mean every time i just kind of throw up some some line combinations in my head i don't it's obvious they I, i'm not going to go full gong show on this but you know, it's obvious they want some competition for spots. Um, who knows how far they will let that go, whether they're going to let actual younger, faster players maybe take on a, a spot that's filled by someone that, that's a little older and slower. But, um, you know, it'd be nice to think that they actually would. We'll see where he ends up slotting in eventually. Um, but a big, you know, question mark that remains is is still... Who is your top forward line? I just, I, I mean, I don't know how you can't start out with, with something other than Sven and, and Mac and Miko, just because it was about the only thing that worked at the end of last year. 
Is there a Duchesne line? Why is he still here? Exactly. Why is he still here? Um, that's I don't know. It's just, that just needs to solve itself before we have to really think about it too much. I want to know how this happened. Colorado used to be famous among its fans for being the iron goddamn curtain. There was not a single secret that came up out of anything. They announced a trade at midnight, like central time, when <laughs> that no one saw coming at all with like their second line forward and a top four defenseman from St. Louis who was a former first overall pick. No one knew about yep. this and they just casually do it at midnight. How come this team is now so messy? Why do we hear that all this crap yeah. Is, is that good? I think it's good because it, it shows that... It, I mean, first of all, it shows that Adrian Dater is, is sort of back into being a reporter again and interested and, and invested in doing what he's doing. And AJ, of course. Um, you know, obviously the Post is mailing it in and, you know, there's not many other people with, with primary sources. Um but, it, you know, it, it's nice to know that we're finally getting some inside information, you know, it's credible. Right. And we, we may never know uh, why exactly the, the Duchesne era has got to come to an end. Um, and I think we as fans kind of need to accept that, that we, we may not, we may find out in 10 years, we may never find out. But yeah. we're, we're just going have to have to accept that. There, there is. They would not be at this point if it wasn't a clear mutual reason. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, a season like last year has got to be cathartic for many people, and I think that kind of awfulness uh, brings about a lot of different information sources, just because you know people just they just stop caring and they're just like, well, you know what, this sucks, and this is why. And they're just maybe a little little frustrated, so more comes out than they would say in a normal season. Yeah, and I've been saying this for a while. And until Duchesne's gone, I don't, I don't think last year's mindset is going to change. It's just it's got it's going to stay there and linger. Yeah, I mean, is he going to be a man on an island during training camp? I mean, <clears throat> it, it, it sounds like that. You know, if if what if what we hear is true, that maybe there's some friction between he and other people in the room, and you know, it just doesn't sound productive to have have someone like that coming back that doesn't want to be there, and that maybe people don't want there. Yeah, he he's said a couple times that he quit in January, and and that's not something that sat well with a lot of fans. So they're gonna be. If he starts the season with them, they're going to be upset. We all saw him quit in January. He didn't have to sit, have to tell us anything. We we saw that shit. Like that was clear. Yeah, yeah absolutely. This is also a player who wears a letter. I mean, I know we make a lot of uh, a lot of to do about letters and who wears them and for whatever reasons why. But you never want to hear anyone on any team that you follow with a leadership letter on their on their uh, their sweater saying, "Yep, I mailed it in." halfway through the season. I mean, for a player that gave the fist bump, you know, they had so the so-called iconic fist bump when he was drafted and then to 
say, eh, I phoned it in. And come on, that that's just that leaves a sour taste in anybody's mouth. My yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a great point. I mean, it's just you know he's more than just sort of a the kid that that you know was sort of the hope of the franchise and you know was really fast and, and scored a lot and you know coming from supposedly a leader in the room kind of thing. It's, it's you know it's disappointing. Yeah, get let's get that A where it belongs. Um, which of course is Eric Johnson. Make yeah. it happen. Yeah, yeah, that would be my vote too. But uh, pe- people are, are sick and tired of hearing of uh, Duchesne trade stuff. But we hadn't even touched it yet, so sorry. Um, <laughs> spe- uh, speaking of stuff that continues to linger and will not die, uh, this Nikita Zadorov contract remains not signed. Guys, get this done, please. I didn't. I don't know if I, I don't know how bad it is. If it's really as bad as people are making it out, I mean, it, I'm not worried about it at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the 500k spread, if that's true, I mean, I, I think it's pretty easy to see that they could split the difference in in any number of ways. Um, you know, I, I I trust the people that say that that it's going to happen and it's not something that we need to worry about. And yeah, the, I agree. The, the thing I want to toss in here real quick is that we don't know what deal has a $500,000 difference. We know that they have more or less come to terms on a short-term deal. We know that part of the delay was they were seeing if they could work out a long-term deal. I mean, if it, maybe it's the long-term deal that's a half a mil off, and the short-term deal is still totally fine. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's... I, I'm not incredibly worried about it. I mean, it's a little, it's a little concerning that it's not done. But it, again, it, it really doesn't have to be done until the, the day before vets report. And and his biggest quote unquote leverage that he had with with his contract was him threatening to the KHL. The KHL season's already started. If he was really going over there, he would have signed a different contract by now, and he wouldn't he wouldn't even be discussing contracts. And they're not going to trade Zadorov, so it's going to get done, whether that's tomorrow or right before camp starts. Well, it won't be tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. <laughs> it's not Tuesday. Well, they, they, you know, they, they might go back to 5 o'clock on, you know, that was always a lucky time for them, things, especially with Labor Day weekend. Oh, maybe they'll go. Uh, maybe they'll go into the long weekend and come out of it and go. You know what? You know, labor does matter. Let's let's give him the extra five hundred k. Slava Trudu. Whatever that means. Glory to labor in Russian. There you go. Plot approves. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, with with this not being done, uh, with with Duchesne not being traded. We keep hearing a narrative that Joe Sackick isn't doing enough this offseason to rescue the unspeakably horrible team from last year, which it was. But I feel don't mind. I'd like to soapbox for a moment about this. Okay? Uh, let me read you the opening night roster from last year. Uh, this was the 6-5 game against the Dallas Stars, which saw Joel Coburn score, I believe, all of his goals. Maybe he scored one more. Woohoo! Um, so, uh, Andreas Martinson, gone. Ben Smith, gone. 
Blake Como, Carl Soderberg, Eric Johnson, Feder Tutin, gone. Francois Beauchemin, gone. Gabriel Bork, probably AHL. Uh, Gabe Landeskog, Jerome McGinley, gone. Joe Colborn, Matt Duchesne, not gone yet, maybe gone. Mikhail Grigorenko, gone. Nathan McKinnon, Nikita Zadorov, Patrick Weirkosh, gone. Rene Bork, gone. Tyson Berry, Simeon Varlamov, and Calvin Pickard, which is not gone through Sackick's doing, but gone. That, yeah. that, that's a lot of turnover. That's either 9 or 10 players out of 20, depending on what happens with Matt Duchesne, who the roster turned over. And not on the ice that night was John Mitchell. Gone. Like, <laughs> this is not the same team. He didn't have to do a whole lot to, like, to, to, have, to make a major difference. A, a lot of those players were, were still there on the 82nd night of the season. And they're gone now. So uh, just because they didn't go out and make big splashy deals in UFA that always come back to bite your team, doesn't mean he didn't do anything. It, this, there was a lot of subtraction that needed to happen, and that that's what happened. So who's going to fill those spots that came open through the subtraction? That's my question to y'all now. What are some of your favorite um, stories that you're looking at as we go into rookie camp, as we go into training camp proper? Who are you watching, and what are the storylines you think may develop? And, and first of all, who is there anyone in this quote-unquote room that's going to rookie camp? Or, yeah, rookie camp. Is that a no? <laughs> well, I, I do plan on showing camp, up but... to rookie camp, but we'll see. Okay. We'll see how things shake out. Earl and I are distant, so. Yeah. I can't make I can, it. But I won't be able to make it to the, to the rookie camp. What about training proper? Anyone going to the big A solid camp? maybe. Solid maybe. A yes. solid maybe. <laughs> That's what happens, right? We do we do solids for for vets, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, you know, I, there there are a lot of good narratives um, going in. I mean, you know, Tyson Jost is is someone that came in. He played six games. Yeah, he struggled a little bit. He didn't look polished or anything like that, but he, he looked he looked like someone that could help. And he's done nothing over the summer that would lead you to believe that it's gotten worse. And he definitely looks a little bit buff, a little bit better. Um, JT Comfer, you know, I, I think, you know, some people say he's overrated. I think people underrate him. I think he's a very good player. I think he's going to be a very solid guy that's – I mean, I, I really think he's going to be the starting second-line center. Uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that, that's where he was at the end of last year. I just – you know, until someone can take it away from him, you know, I don't see him moving down. He's – you know, he's a pit bull. He's not going to let it go. Um, you know, a lot of people question his, his offensive capabilities, but I've seen him in the AHL to know that he makes people he plays with better. And when he got with people that could actually play better in the NHL, which wasn't until uh, maybe the last six or seven games, um, you started to see what he was able to do. And he kind of became the best two-way center the Avs had. So, um, I mean, just those two guys right there, um, they, they really make me happy going into the season. It's just Justin Comfort. Yeah. I think one guy I'm 
pretty excited to see play is Miranov. I mean, he was a he was selected to be an all-star in the KHL in yes. 2015, and and I am cautiously optimistic of being a good good defenseman. I mean, granted, our defense last year was pretty dreadful, so it's pretty easy to be better than that. But but I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing those hip checks he's known for. Yeah, I'll even go one step better and say that uh, I want to see if it's going to be uh, Miranov or Duncan Siemens. So. I want to see those two battle it out, and we'll see who has the better promise, the uh, the later pick from Russia or the hype pick from the uh, Eric Johnson uh, trade. Everybody's been claiming, you know, clamoring for that uh, Siemens deal to bear more fruit. So show us what you got. Or the supposed yeah, I mean... coach favorite in Anton Lindholm, too. I mean, he came in last the end of last season, and coaches ended up really really liking his play and, and he looked pretty solid he looked like a pretty good third pairing guy does he play yeah, on the yeah. left side or the right Lindholm he, he's left right I think he's, he's, a, left. he's a left shot right hand or right defenseman so th- this yeah. is one thing I can never keep straight ever yeah I mean Lindholm I've seen Miranoff play mainly on the right but I saw him play a little bit on the left and this World Championships. That's that's about all, all I've seen of him. But I watched Lindholm all last year down in San Antonio. Um, I, I would classify him as a right defenseman. He was actually better on the right side. There were some times when he he ended up on the left side, and it just it just you know it, he didn't seem quite as comfortable. But all three of those guys you mentioned, I mean Miranov, Lindy, and Duncan. Um, especially Lindy and Duncan, they, it seemed like Bednar was like, you know, why were not, why were these guys in San Antonio all year? And, you know, a bunch of jokers, um, it's, it it was noticeable how much better they were, you know, I mean, we're cautious, a lot more polished than both those guys, but, you know, he just, you know, he didn't take, Golubev didn't take, um. You know, it's going to be interesting to see sort of what Jared Bednar does to put his mark on defense because I'm I'm sure that's something that that he's very interested in. Um, you know, he's obviously a little bit challenged as far as getting guys to score, and we're going to look to Ray Bennett to do a lot of that this year, I guess. But um, it, it really seemed like at the end of the year, it's like you know. <laughs> We played. We just played terrible for forty games, and then you send me these guys, and they're good, and we've done a lot better. And, and um, <laughs> so I'm also really interested. Like I, I don't know how much of it I'll actually see. Probably none. But I'm curious to find out um, how long the team hangs on to Connor Timmins. Because yeah. he's gotten a lot of hype from a lot of people whose uh, hockey I, I respect quite a bit. Um, I, him making the team out of camp is obviously a miraculous idea that is extremely unlikely. But I'm curious to see how like how long they stick with him. Does he get any actual preseason games? Like how how far does the Timmons train go? Because there's a lot of hype on that train right now. I want to know how real it is. He definitely didn't look that great at the um, Canadian team's um, 
summer showcase. But that's just a horrible time of the year to look at somebody playing hockey and evaluating. It's just certain, you know, it's so out of season that, I mean, no one can look that great then. So I, I hope he gets a game. Um, you know, I, I think he's the kind of guy that the, that the abs would love to show off to the fans. Uh, you know, the first, the first preseason game is against Vegas and it's at home. And I think that would be a great sort of setting for him to play. And then, you know, then maybe he goes back to the, to the Sioux. Um, but maybe he stays longer. Um, you know, I, I, I really like the pick and I, I really want to, I, th- I think, it's very healthy having the the thought of him maybe making the team in everyone's mind because he can turn pro and play in the AHL next year. So he might be one more year in juniors and that's it. So, you know, definitely a guy to watch. He's a labor. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing him, at least what he, that, that I know is good. I mean, when I was watching a little bit of when he was playing for Canada a couple weeks or months ago, he kind of got the short end of the stick with his with his uh, D partners, so I'm hoping to see yeah. him with a couple couple guys that that I know are a little bit better, and that will help him play his style and look and see what he's got. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, do, does anyone have any uh, any other camp stories that they want to make sure that we have on the general eardrum? Who pushes who harder, Jonathan Bernier or Samian Varlamov? Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know if that's a camp question. I think that might be a October question. I'm looking forward to seeing Greer in camp, too. I love that kid. I Maybe overly so, but he just has so much compete level that it baffles me every time. He just works so freaking hard. Yeah, and it's contagious. Um, I, you know, I, I'm a huge JJ Gr. You know, I, I know everyone looks at his statistics from San Antonio and says, "Oh, he hit the wall. He looks terrible after January." <clears throat> everyone else did too. Trust me. <laughs> basically, as soon as Eric Jelena got sent down, the whole team mailed it in for the next two and a half months. Ah, oh, shit! We're gonna <laughs> play with this guy. <laughs> but well, I'm not yeah. doing that. Yeah, I you know I know a lot of people aren't giving him much of a shot to make the team, but he's gonna make he's gonna make the decision incredibly difficult on people. I think you're, I think you're probably true. And another um, guy I'm gonna throw in there is Nick Malosh. I think he's gonna be a guy that a lot of people are gonna be looking at, especially with drafting two right handers this year. Sort of where where does he fit in and He's had a very unstable career in juniors. He's been traded a couple of times. He's been on some bad teams, some teams that are incredibly dysfunctional until he, he finally got to Charlottetown for the last half of last year. I, I, he's going to be almost certainly in the AHL to begin um, this season. And some of his best work was in the in the QMJHL was done with Eric Veyu as a coach in Bay Como. So I, I think sort of having a, a nice, solid year with a, a coach that knows what he can do is really going to let him shine. So um, 
I, I think he's going to have a great outlook on the season and, and just knowing that he's going to be stable the whole year is really going to do a lot for him. Yeah. The, the right side is pretty stable at the NHL level. Um, especially with Miranoff coming over. So we, we should probably expect to see Milosh spend most of the season in San Antonio. He may get an injury call up, but that's not super likely. Yeah, um, exactly. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Just to get it on record, I think he's going to do awesome with a new coach, a coach he's been with before in Eric Rayu. And at the end of this year, we're really going to know what we have. At the end of this year, we're really going to know what we have. That's true of a lot of guys. Uh, that's true of a lot of guys. Um, so everybody hopefully has an appropriate amount of hype. For, for camp, the rookies report on September 7th, which is next Thursday. They'll have a day of practice on the 8th and then be off for the rookie showcase um, the 9th through the 12th. We'll be able to watch the games against San Jose and Arizona on September 9th and September 11th um, via their websites. Colorado have not announced any plan to stream this and never have announced any such plan about any rookie event, and I would be shocked if they started to do that now. Shocked, I say. The decision may come any hour now. I'd be shocked if they showed a preseason game. Right? Let alone a rookie showcase. That's like, yeah. you can't make money off of us, so what's the point? Right, Mr. Walmart? Uh, it sounds expensive. So, um, with, with the summer's uh, avalanche topics pretty well, uh, pretty well covered, where do you say we move on to... Uh, to why the show isn't called the Mile High Hockey Podcast anymore, to why we are now off doing our own thing. Um, I don't know who wants to go first here. Uh, maybe we should uh, maybe we should start with Seamill since between you and Roman Yeti, this has this whole kind of setup has been been you guys. I agree. Go for it. Yeah, it's it, it's been fun. I mean. Getting this whole new site up and running has been really enjoyable, especially working with all all you guys. I mean, I was not a huge commenter or big big contributor to MHH, but I mean, I've been around for for years, and and after what happened, I I was pretty bummed and decided me and Yeti just got together, decided to do our own thing, give give everybody a place to go, and our first trial at that didn't quite work out so well with the discourse but uh but hopefully this new site will will be exactly what people are looking for and i mean we got a lot of good good people helping to run it and i think it's going to do well this time do people want threaded comments are there threaded comments (laughs) (laughs) yes to a certain extent of all the things for everyone to yell about with the discourse threaded comments (laughs) Number one. And auto-updating comments. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Pun threads are serious business, gang. Just <laughs> <laughs> a little sneak peek from the technical side. It's really hard. That's yeah. why it's not very common. It's really hard, and making it happen is really expensive. Yeah. Yep. Like AJ has, has, has mentioned a lot of times with regards to BSN's commenting system, um, their, their commenting system has not been good. And they know that because making a good one, like what the entire Vox network has, is extremely expensive, extremely time-consuming, 
and not something that you can just do. Like, that's a ton of work that's gone into the SBN comment engine. I mean, it really is an engine at this point. Um, it's just, that is a very high bar. It's a very high standard that we're coming from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, and, and it's the gold standard. People. Yeah, and I've talked to some of the guys over at BSN Denver. I mean, they're they're working on it right now. It's it's tough to do, but but they're working on it. Yeah. So, um, obviously, like every everyone that is a, a, you know familiar with us over here right now um, is going to be pretty familiar with the giant internet drama turd that just got pooped on DMHH this summer. <laughs> um, but and, and I, I think Earl will agree. Like the whole impetus for leaving and doing something independent wasn't just from a disagreement with, uh, with Tom or um, it wasn't just with how he and his pals kind of treated the existing community. It, it goes a little bit deeper than that for me, for sure. And I think it does for you too, for you too. Yeah. Um, you know, when we had the, the ME change, um, obviously there's, you know, there's some issues about some various things that, there were changes and, and maybe they weren't handled that well. Uh, as far as what happened with me, I, I knew right away that what they were going to expect as far as sort of a, a tempo and a, a sort of a, a tone of article that they wanted was going to be something that I, I was going to have difficulty dealing with. And it, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I see where they're coming from. They have, you know, huge resources. They're a very large company. And to make that work, they need something that, that puts out, you know, a, a lot of articles and they need a lot of, um, they need a lot of people clicking on them and things like that. And that's just, uh, you know, the, the, the thing about when I joined MHH four years ago and, and Cheryl asked me to start writing about the Lake Erie Monsters at that point, which have now sort of moved to the, the San Antonio Rampage, was that we did a lot of what we felt like. Um, it was sort of a, a bunch of people that were very passionate. You know, there, it wasn't like a ton of structure, like, all right, we need to do this, 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 and this every day to make the site work. And it's just the more that closed in on me the less i was interested in it and it's you know some of the other stuff yeah bothered me but it's it's you know i can deal with that i've, I've worked with tons of people in my life that i either did or did not get along with it didn't matter um but it's just sort of the way that the site was gonna go as far as putting out lots of articles all the time and it, it's you know, some of it was just sort of blank content. And I, I knew I wasn't going to fit in well there. And, and that's why I, I, I told Tom that I was going to leave. And that's what really appeals to me about the new site is that, um, you know, it, it's not really dependent on putting out a lot of content. It's not really dependent on doing a lot of things every day. Um, We've got a good staff here. We've got some familiar names. We've got some new names. And everyone here is really invested in, in doing things that they're interested in putting out and explaining to you, the reader or viewer or listener. 
and I think that's more important for what we're doing as far as connecting with fans. Um, and that just seemed like a better fit with me than what they're going to do at MHH going forward. Yeah, and, and we've already seen a lot of what they're going to be doing at MHH going forward over the summer, and it's been the, the, the same article about Matt Duchesne twice a week and the same article about Nikita Zadorov three times a week and the same post that's really just a Twitter quote and the same post that's really just a transcription that someone else did of a radio interview. And I mean, like, that's... You're, you're making posts happen, but you are generating your site's revenue based on the work of others. And I really, really struggle with that. Um, a lot of people read the Deadspin article about uh, Vox and about SB Nation and um, the the pay that managing editors receive and the lack of pay that any writer on the network receives at any except the very largest sites. And that was something that didn't sit well with me at all to hear the executives of that company sit around and tell the reporter, oh, all our writers get paid. You, you fucking what? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Maybe all your managing editors get paid. Maybe it's part of their responsibility to pay their writers out of their managing editor's salary, but if so, that's preposterous. What are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm not a, about to sit here and be a part of a machine that is worth billions, literally, be, based on the unpaid labor of passionate people. I'm done with it. So yeah. the, uh, the whole Tom situation was a spark that was like enough to like, here's, now you've actually got an urgent reason to jump ship and, and get out of this machine now. And so I am feeling pretty good out from under the corporate boot. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't like seeing that article. Um, I mean, I never expected to be paid for doing what I did. Oh, hell no. But that they yeah, say they I'm, do is a slap in the face. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I do this because it's a hobby. I enjoy it. I enjoy acting interested in the avalanche and, you know, that like listening to podcasts and discussing things that are happening with the team and everything. I mean, but you know, you read that article and then I look and like, I've, I've posted 913 articles over the past four years and you're just sort of like, okay, nobody ever offered me a check. You know, what is, is that worth anything to anybody? I mean, I didn't expect it, but it would have been nice to just sort of get a thank you from Vox or even Travis. Yeah. And, and it's not like we didn't take concerns about the about the uh, about the new management to Travis, only to be met with a like a silent inbox, and then what he describes as positive feedback like a week later. So, like, peace, yeah. peace, dude. Yeah, I mean, they're you know more power to them. They're doing what they need. You know, they're obviously not competition for us right now. Um, maybe they will be at some point, but. Let's, let's um, word that the other direction. <laughs> we are exactly. not competition to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's you know, it, for now, we we have some passionate followers, and and hopefully that season and, and things like that, and you know, 
maybe maybe that ends up getting on the the SBN radar at some point. But um, you know, I'm I'm just very happy to to have the staff that we have, and um, you know, just looking at what's going to be on the front page, you know, tomorrow morning or this morning when you're listening or whenever it is. Um, you know, we've got a lot of good stuff there, and it's it's by people that sort of you know are passionate about the team and sort of think the same way that, that a lot of passionate fans do. And that's, that's, that's fun. That's, that's why we do it. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to end my input to this section with, uh, a quick little story down my own memory lane. Cause you may be sitting here thinking, well, if you didn't sign up expecting to get it paid, why, why is it a problem that you don't get paid? Um, so back in 2007, I joined a site, that was called Newsvine. I don't know if it still exists. MSNBC kind of bought it, and I don't know what happened to it um, at the end of the day. But that was a site where literally everyone that put anything on that site got a little insignificant, but it existed, a little cut of the ad revenue for the month. Um, people who wrote a lot of opinion pieces and linked a lot of stuff to the site, you know, they got their coffee bill for the month paid, you know? Like, they... It, it wasn't anything major and you didn't have like a contract of you're going to get paid so much for your work or anything, but it was nice to be able to, um, have an entity that is profiting off of what you do, sh share that with you. And, uh, just the, just the idea of having one of the few profitable digital only media outlets out there, reach that status through unpaid writing Nah, that's not for me. Yeah. So um, we haven't heard too much from uh, from Vlad here. Vlad, what's uh, what's what's made you decide to make the jump and uh, join the uh, writing side of, of Burgundy Rainbow? I env I envision this essentially as looking at the uh, apex of a very tall mountain from the very very bottom. <laughs> and the way the way I look at it like that is because that well, in my former life as a uh, participant in uh, MHH, I was more an observer than I was a commenter. Uh, I wrote very sporadically in terms of anything on the comments, and I did a handful of uh, a fan post once upon a time. It's my only claim to fame, if there <laughs> is such a thing. <laughs> Do you want to tell the people so, what you wrote those under? Like what name? Uh, my MHH username was Education, a pun, since we all love our puns, on Milan Ajuk's uh, name and the word Education. So, therefore, Education was my username. And I wrote a, a four-part a four series called uh, The August Survival Guide in 2015. So I wanted to use that as kind of the way to get my foot in the door, if you will, to maybe doing more fan posts and get contributing regularly to MHH. I went to a uh, MHH gathering in 2011 with another uh, friend of mine who was a commenter. He no longer comments on MHH anymore. But there, that's when I met uh, the crew at that time, AJ and Sandy and uh, Cheryl and you know, they welcomed all of us with open arms. And I've always felt like that was one of the best community uh, aspects about MHH that was really special. That it wasn't just a username 
throwing uh, articles out there that you didn't know. It was someone that you could put a face to the name, you could sit back, have a laugh, and talk hockey with. It was great. And even at one point, uh, I had a conversation with uh, with Cheryl. This was, I think this was two, three years ago, right, be- right before she, uh, she went to BSN. And it was right before the uh, the cutthroats imploded, but I had told her that I was interested in becoming a a staff writer to cover the Denver Cutthroats third season. And then weeks later, the Cutthroats folded up shop, and it never happened. But <laughs> I was <laughs> nothing if not timing, right? Timing is everything. Exactly, exactly. So. I was I was serious about making that jump from dipping my toe into the water than just completely jumping in and just providing whatever observations and commentary I could covering the cutthroats for MHH. Then that door closed. And for me, life got in the way and other things were going on for me. So my interactions with MHH uh, were more, again, in observation mode. So when I found out that uh, Ryan was leaving and then there was the the changing of the guard with uh, the new uh, managing editor. And then the clarion call came out for writers for MHH. I thought, okay, let's revisit that conversation. Maybe now's the right time to get inside and pick up where I almost left off. And then the car drove itself off a cliff (laughs) in reverse. You know, kind of like the Avs playoff hopes two years ago did. <laughs> and I was just absolutely stunned with the treatment of the community and the uh, disregard that was, in my eyes, very apparent with how these people that I've come to, you know, rely on for their hockey smarts and their opinions and everything. And they were just eventually, you know, they were just being squatted on and look out below. Like, uh, get, you may well, you may want to get out from under there or you might find a big chunk of corn, you know, <laughs> landing on your head from the gigantor sized turd that's coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> like, Rip. And I just thought, no, we are people behind the usernames. Everybody do. Everybody does what they do for a reason, whether it's to prove a point with fancy stats or to put up a nice fancy graph, maybe a chart to explain their positions, or to have a nice friendly back and forth about sea creatures, beer, pets, you name it. It was the perfect synergy, if you can use a buzzword, of hockey and real life all coming together. And this guy just took one big flaming turd on it. And maybe that's just my interpretation of his vision or he's on his own vision, whatever that may be. But I thought you can't just treat people that way. Even people who I've never met, people who I've never had much interaction with. Like, no, no, no. Just morally and ethically, I have a very fundamental problem with that. So I thought, okay. I'm clearly not going to be bringing my talents to provide any benefits for what this guy wants. <laughs> so when I found out that 
the Discord server went up and there was a possibility of essentially a mass migration, I thought, okay, what better way to get in on the ground floor? Because going into MHH, there was already the established crowd. And coming in at the ground floor, it's like being that new kid in school that just comes in at that odd year or just right after the holidays. And then you're looking around like, who's this guy? And he's like, hey, everybody, how's it going? It's nice to meet you. My name is Steve. And I'm like, who the hell is Steve? Where'd he come from? <laughs> I didn't want to be that guy. <laughs> so I wanted to be in on the ground floor and say, okay, I can make my contributions right away, get in on the ground floor and help build this thing. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to build Burgundy Rainbow from the ground up and work in concert with Yeti and with Seamill. And then when we had all of the vets from MHH come on over, it's like, all right, awesome. Now here comes the cavalry. We're, we're going to have reinforcements in. And this thing is going to really go places. And I'm really excited to be a part of that at the ground floor. And I'm glad I didn't wait. Even though my, my knowledge of fancy stats and all of the uh, P60s or whatever, or P90X, call it whatever you want. I don't know. (laughs) I don't have a clue about what that stuff is. So I'm glad other people do. So I don't have to sound like, yeah, his flow 60 is really chill. (laughs) Of course, uh, you're referring to Barbaria, I'm sure. Yes, exactly. Well, P45, right? (laughs) Unless he changes his number, then it's P whatever. <laughs> I, so, I think we found out that he had to, right? Because of burning out. Go, go, continue, do the thing. Right, right. So, because I, I, I felt, you know, kind of spurned in a way that's like, well, this guy clearly doesn't, you know, care about the community. I care about the community. What better way to make Burgundy Rainbow good than to bring my ideas to make it to where we can do something different from everybody else. So that's when I came up with the, the ideas of, hey, how about we do some, maybe some live video. Let's do some on location stuff. Let's have a little two minute report about, hey, here, here's the Avs uh, pregame report coming up on Wednesday, October 11th, because the Boston Bruins are going to be here. It's opening night. It's hype. And here's what you need to know. And then after the game, all right, well, we just sat through a nuclear holocaust where the Boston Bruins whomped it, whomped the Avs uh, six to one. And here, here's the postmortem. No other blog is doing that. Even just with uh, the Avs in-house crew, they only do a little bit of that for pregame skates or whatever. Why not follow their lead? Why not do something that they started? To coin a phrase, why not us? Huh? Boo! <laughs> <laughs> so let's just do something that's different, something that has never been done before. And if that gets us a a unique viewership that loves video or loves doing stuff interactively through social media, why not hop on that train? Let's make ourselves different. Let's not make us a copy of uh, MHH and what it used to be. Why don't we build our own brand? Why don't we be our own big nice burgundy rainbow out there and do something that no one's ever seen before. So that's, that's why I'm here. And that's why I decided to do this, even though it's like, like I said, I know nothing about charts or graphs or fancy stats. And 
I'll just go in and take some awesome pictures and maybe that'll that'll be my uh my my deal. Maybe I'll write an interesting article that someone might like to read. Maybe people will say his audio sucks, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it just might be good. <laughs> maybe it just might be. You know that that was a really um that was a really good closing that you had there, and I, I want to give you props for it, but I'm just too mad about that why not us thing. I'm, I'm too angry. <laughs> You've done it. You've done it now. I think I, I think Vlad hit, hit the nail on the head. In a lot um, of ways. Yeah, I, I mean that that's that's just a perfect summary of it all, and and I feel the same way. I mean, what we can bring together is stuff that's different and i mean that that's what we're going to try to do and that's what i'm really excited about is there's just uh, there's so many different things that we're going to be able to do and i'm I'm just really looking forward to you know to having you at, at the rink uh before the game you know do a little one and a half two minute um video what however we do it on social media or whatever i mean just you know nobody nobody's doing that you know and i think people are really gonna love it um yeah. and it, it just makes me really excited no matter how the abs play is, is you know things like that that we're going to be able to bring to people yeah so uh do you before we before we move to wrap this thing up do you, uh earl do you and cmill want to take a moment and maybe kind of preview what kind of stuff people can expect from the new site I just, you know, I'm sure no, none of you remember this happening, but when MTV first went on the air, the big thing was anything can happen. And, and that's basically what I, I'd love to see us do at Burgundy Rainbow is, is do a lot of stuff that people aren't doing as far as video and audio and pictures and writing, of course. And, you know, we're, we're not going to write things like, you know, if, if, if Matt Duchesne gets traded next week, we're not going to have a bunch of articles saying, Hey, Matt Duchesne got traded. Oh my God. You know, I mean, what we'll do is, is, is we'll analyze it in our own way. And if it's something that someone on the staff is passionate about, then that's what will go out. But it's, it's not going to be just sort of, you know, news because everyone else has better sources. That's not, that's not going to be our strength. Our strength is going to be, sort of the creativity and the minds of staff and what we bring is going to work off that. Yeah. This whole site was built off community. There's just, there's so many possibilities and so many paths we can take. I mean, the site has a lot of potential and if it comes, becomes something big, great. And I'm looking forward to it. There's, there's a lot of good writers and a lot of people with a lot of really good ideas and we're making this a lot for the community, a lot for us, but new people come on, even better. And, uh, and just look at our activity in discourse. I'm sorry, in the Discord right now. I mean, every, we have a whole bunch of conversations going on about, you name it. We were talking about dialects last week. We've been, Earl, you brought tennis in uh, the last <laughs> few days. I try to bring cycling uh, in, but no one likes it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even AJ himself dropped a uh, Mega Man X uh, reference in the gaming channel. So I can blame this on him 
for I've been going on to YouTube and listening to the opening stage music for Mega Man X for the last three days. Thank you very much for that. Oh, it's so good, though. It is so good. But I got to listen to some other things instead of just sitting there. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, just the, the, the ideas that are, that are flowing and the back and forth. And it's, it's, it's fun again to, to think about um, writing about this team and talking about them every week instead of, well, I've, I guess I got to do my weekly words here. What am I going to make them be about today? You know, it's. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, that's what was really. I was. That's what I was thinking about going. That damn I, I I don't want to feel like I have to write something because I was starting to get that feeling, and it, it's it's not a good feeling at all if you're a writer. No. It, it's also not good if you're doing a podcast because then you're like, well, I guess we'll talk about the things that happened. <laughs> or the or the things that, that didn't, didn't happen. happen. Yeah, there yeah. we go. <laughs> Now I'm mad again. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. So, um, with with the site launch, I mean, I guess you're gonna. It, it probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense for us to to tease anything specifically, um, since we're gonna be. Most people will probably see the show launch in the same way they see all those other things launch. But what kind of like projects in the ongoing future? do we have at, at the site? I mean, obviously Burgundy radio will be during the season will be once a week. It'll be your, your one podcast that is actually on Monday for some reason. I don't know why everyone else is on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Like, <laughs> that's just bizarre to me. Um, don't all release on the same day. You're cannibalizing your own audience. Um, but I mean, we'll, we also have a, a couple of other shows that are coming up and, uh, Rudo's video con uh, video ideas that he has for um, like just different concepts um, of, of game reviews and highlights and so forth. Like, what kind of other stuff can we expect to see? Um, well, we've we've got a bunch of let's say weekly contributors, and that that's that's going to be our base. Um, you know, Seamil and Vlad and Yeller and Heretic are all going to have weekly columns, and that's going to be the base. Uh, I guess we can say now that that Sandy will have cupcakes every day for us. Ooh. Cupcakes, <sighs> cupcakes um, are we can, back. We can call them whatever the hell we want. Exactly, <laughs> and I like cupcakes. I, I I hope that sticks around. Um. But we're, we're also going to have all of us writing features as well as some other uh, people that will be doing guest features or, or perhaps even more than that that we'll, we'll be able to announce as the season gets closer. But um, I don't know. If you want a major tease, um, our, our good friend Colgate grad C6 Whores will be doing a recap of... Not the first game because he's going to be attending and probably a little bit too liquored up to review it. <laughs> but the I've got him tentatively for the Devils game afterwards, and, and that's going to be something. To do. Oh boy, um, he's going to oh, be stuck. He's going to be stuck with the Devils feed for that too because of the local broadcast restrictions, isn't he? Exactly. It's so, good. do they still use Chicho Resh? I guess we'll find out, I'm, won't we? 
I'm sure they do. And he's a big fan, I know, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll send him pallets of Mountain Dew. Exactly. But, you know, th- there's going to be some good writers coming on that, are, that aren't on yet. And, um, you know, with, with what we have already, it, it's already going to be good. Um, but it's it's just exciting to see people's interest in, in wanting to join the staff already, let's say. And and the, the outpouring of interest from... Uh, I'll wait. <laughs> they're, they're being let out. They're very excited. They sound excited. But yeah, there 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 will be a lot to look forward to. You know, I I, I don't want to make this something that's very um, MHH centric um, because you know maybe that sounds kind of clicky to people that, that weren't on the site or anything like that. But there's just going to be a, a lot of people that are good writers uh, and good. I don't know, recorders as far as podcasts and, and video producers. And, and there's going to be a lot of good stuff in, in various different media that, that will appeal to just about any kind of fan. Um, so it's, it's exciting. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's been really nice to like from, from our side to see how interested that, that old community has been in everything that we want to do. It's like, we, we release like the, a fuzzy corner of, of an unfinished logo and everyone's like, blah, blah. like it's, it's, it's been really eye opening. And, uh, it, any, anything that this website turns into will, will definitely be thanks to you guys. So, um, welcome aboard. And, uh, we will, uh, definitely do our best to keep you all entertained. And how, so, um, After nine months of August, we damn well better. <laughs> the longest off-season in history. Seriously. We'll be ending soon. I'm pretty sure it started before Christmas, so. <laughs> Ask Carl. It, it started real early. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's tell the people where they can find, uh, where, where they can find each of us, where they can find the site, um, Obviously, I I remain on Twitter at Stephouse Eleven, um, where you will where you will find I do not stick to sports, so be warned about that. Um, but uh, the podcast will have its own handle now at Burgundy Radio. Um, we, you can also find us on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com/slash/BurgundyRadio and at Mixcloud.com/slash/BurgundyRadio. You should not have to make any changes to your RSS feed. Um, as of yesterday, the uh, the podcast feed still showed the old Mile High Hockey podcast logo, which was actually the old Mile High Hockey logo from before the SBN corporate whitewashing of everybody's logos. So um, I don't know why that hasn't updated yet. I, th- I think it's just a, a, an RSS artifact that it'll eventually get fixed, but it is kind of appropriate for the time being that it's the old pre-corporate stuff. Um even though they were owned by SBN already, it was it was before everything was like, well, we're gonna be this one thing. <laughs> okay. So yeah, at SFS Eleven at Burgundy Radio, um, Burgundy Radio on SoundCloud and on MixCloud, and I I will not be setting up a Facebook for this show. I, I'm just I won't do anything with it, so I'm not doing that. There will be a Facebook for this website, Burgundy Dash Radio or Burgundy Dash Rainbow. 
can reach me at uh, I'm at cmill12 on Twitter, though I don't use it ever. So probably just <laughs> probably just reach out to me on Discord or or find my email through the website. <laughs> and as far as the website itself, uh, at avsbrblog, and I am at McKinley06. Um, we'll have your links bright and early tomorrow morning or this morning. And not early enough for C6. <laughs> It'll be close. And uh, last but not least, I can be found at thevoiceofvlad at gmail.com. I will relaunch my Twitter when the site goes live. So stay tuned for that. And I will announce any other social media uh, appropriate links for viewing content live or semi-live as we get closer to the season. All right. So, um, and then also the the uh, the site, you can email at burgundyradio at gmail.com. Of course, that's kind of forgotten by me there because no one ever used it, but when it was my hockey podcast. So... Um, if you do feel the need to, to reach out by email, that is open as well, but uh, Twitter DMs are probably the quickest. And we'll generally have posts on Sunday mornings asking for questions for the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, or, or a different day if it's not going to be recorded on a Sunday, but that's generally what we do. Exactly. And uh, you can find the, the Burgundy Rainbow Discord um, up along that, that cool little top toolbar on the website. Should be a link to it. I believe that's a permanent link. It better be. Do this. <laughs> Wouldn't want to make me a liar here. All right. So um, thanks to everyone for giving giving up their Thursday evening to uh, to sit around and, and chat shit a little bit. I appreciate y'all. Um, Thank you. It's been fun. It has been fun. And uh, hopefully we will see everyone probably not next week, but after training camp. And then after the preseason, and then we'll be back on to weekly when the season's going. Holy shit, y'all, it's almost here. And then here. we'll be rolling. It's almost here. We survived. So, thanks for listening, and we will see you all in, what is it, two weeks? I think so. Something like that. It is Joe Sackett! This seems better for me, so I'm going to go ahead and hit the button again. Hit the button, Frank. Push the button. I am the button. <laughs> Push it real good. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Malosh really needs a full year in the AHL. It would be really nice if he got a couple of games. Jesus but... Christ. Same spot every time. <laughs> Is it what I'm saying? Is it cursed? Is it a poltergeist? I guess so. <laughs> Malosh is not making the team. Just reverse course. <laughs> we're we're gonna not cut that. We're gonna continue with just with just roll with it. This is we've had a jillion glitches with Earl trying to say this. Apparently, it's cursed. Cursed audio. Dot mp4. All right. Just to get it on record.